Good day, good afternoon, good whatever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out it. I don't really know what to call this anymore. I don't think it's Woken Baked anymore. It's, it's something else. It's, it's Bill talking to people. And that's what I'm just going to call it. Bill talking for, for talking to. I'm not talking for anyone. I'm letting other people speak for themselves. And I'm, I'm speaking to them. And this particular sitting down and conversation I'm having is with Carlton Minus. Now, if you are familiar with him, that's great. If you're not, that's kind of why I'm here. Now, Carlton Minus is an Alaskan fighter who previously fought in the UFC and currently fights in, well, with Fury in Fury. I don't know how it necessarily works in there. I got to go to a Fury FC event while I was down in Texas recently, and I can tell you, I gotta tell you, they put on a fantastic event. In that event, I got to see the Winter Soldier, Sean Babbitt, head kick, knock out a guy who outweighed him by, it wasn't an unsubstantial amount of weight, it was something like 17 or 19 pounds, but yeah, Sean decided at this point he was going to head kick the guy and knock him out because Sean cut weight, he came in on weight, and this guy didn't and Sean was very sad about that so in order to make himself significantly less sad he head kicked this fella in the head and this fella went to sleep honestly for a second I thought he died I was like damn in fact I was able to text message Sean's dad and say hey I think your son just killed a guy it was amazing he didn't luckily he didn't but I'll tell you that the fight was 22 seconds long. 27 seconds? Ah, it wasn't very long at all. I can tell you that it was not long enough for anything resembling an emotional roller coaster. All I got out of that was, man, I, I'm just going to sit here and wait for chicken wings because I, I got nothing else. Because that was the whole reason we came down. So, for those of you who don't listen to the show, when I say came down, I mean... Myself and my friends came down from the middle of nowhere, Kenai Peninsula, Alaska. I'm just going to imagine that you've never listened to anything that I've done before. I'm from the middle of nowhere. I live in Kenai, Alaska, and I have adventures with people that I enjoy spending time with. This particular adventure, we went down to Texas. We went to Austin, Texas, and that is a completely different story for a completely different time. And I look forward to telling that story at a different time. However, Carlton Minus does have a fight coming up in January. Right? I believe it's the 19th. I should know these things. But anyway, he's getting ready to fight a guy by the name of Charlie Kennedy now. That name is familiar to you, or if it's not, Charlie Kennedy is an Alaskan fighter, and I've actually cornered Charlie. Charlie and I got promoted to Blue Belt together, and so I have a little bit of insight in in this fight. Now, not a lot of insight, and I'm not going to give you a prediction on how I think this fight is going to go, because that's not my place, because I, I there's so many variables. And saying that... Carlton was able to give me his time and sit down in the lobby of 10th Planet Austin. That's why it sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on. There's kids playing in the background. And that's because there are kids playing in the background. There's a children's player. It's a really awesome gym that has a lot of really nice amenities. So if you're ever 
down in the Austin area and you're like, I gotta get some Noki Jiu-Jitsu, I know a place, and I know a guy, and he also knows some guys, and you can train there, and Carlton Minus is one of those guys, there are also some gals you can train with, there are a lot of gals there, some of them are professional MMA fighters, and Carlton is one of the male professional MMA fighters at 10th Planet Austin, and it's really special because he picked up and he moved his life from Anchorage, Alaska, to be in Austin and train under Curtis Hembroff and with folks like Gabe Tuttle and Ben Eddy and the aforementioned Sean Magnus Babbitt. Anywho, yeah, very serious, very serious gentleman who took time away from his intended time with his fiance, who I'm sure he's probably married by now. I'm going to go ahead and assume he's probably married her by now. If he hasn't, then, you know, like, sorry I put that uh, on you. In, in a time that you absolutely weren't ready for that. Maybe you're getting married when you get back from Alaska, in which case uh, you're not married yet and she's your fiance. This is specifically to Because I don't want to get anything wrong because the truth is, I know he can kick my ass. Not from any kind of, like, traditional jiu-jitsu rolling experience, but I'm fairly certain he can fuck me up. Now, on the other hand, I've had the opportunity to train with Charlie Kennedy, and I know he can fuck me up. Like, that's not even a question. Like, I know. But I'm also fairly certain Carlton can fuck me up. So there's... Whew, that's why it's tough. Because it's just, who would beat me worse? It's really terrible kind of way to do MMA math. But yeah, that's that's how we're doing it for this one for right now. I'm sure I'll talk to Charlie before the fight, but this is happening with Ace Alaska Combat Entertainment, and that is going to be happening in Wasilla, Alaska, coming up later. I'll, you know, I will have the poster on the, uh, on the Instagram post. I'll put this up on the Instagram post, and I'll put this on the Facebook uh, page. And yeah, 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 you can like go there and you can see exactly what it is. But I think it's the 19th. I should be better about this. I suck. I'm not a good person. That could be a worse person. I could be a significantly worse person. But I guess it's on the scale of like things I could do. I could actually, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, I could look it up on my phone because I have that right in front of me. And I'll just uh, punch in uh, Carlton Minus, which, by the way, is. Clutch Carl MMA, if you're on the gram, that's where you would find him. You would find him in Clutch Carl MMA, and, yep, not on his uh, his Instagram page. Thought it would be there. Not there. Uh, let's see. Ace Combat, maybe? Nope. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where I saw it. Eh. Anyway, I'm just assuming it's January 19th. If it's not, then it's a completely different day, and that's okay. And it's a different thing. But I will do my best to have it in the poster, or the, have the poster in the flyer. And maybe I'll even punch in an extra track or so to say, yeah, that was it. It's this particular day. But I'm pretty sure it's January 19th. If it's not, eh, then it's not. Perfect. Um, so we are in the lobby of 10th Planet Austin, home of Carlton Minus. 
I think you actually live here, though. I don't. I wouldn't imagine you actually moved into the gym. We had a guy in, in Soldatna that okay. actually moved under the cage of the gym. I mean, I would if they had like at least you know dorms and whatnot, and I wasn't uh, getting married. But uh, oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't think my fiance would appreciate me living in the gym. Uh, you know, uh, probably not. Probably because it would probably mean that she would have to live in the gym, and I would imagine that. I mean, they do a really great job of keeping this place clean, but I'm imagining that as a lady, this would probably smell mildly offensive. Oh, yeah. She's not a fan when I come home. I, she definitely made it a rule to shower first. <laughs> no? No immediate snuggles? Not like, you oh, Stiff arm. Immediate stiff arm if yeah. I come home without showering. So just, just full-on Heisman. Just, oh, yeah. She's, she doesn't want you near her. Oh, yeah. No, no closeness, no nothing. It's, she points to the shower, I got to go, and then she's ready to talk to me. Okay. Well, let's start off from the beginning. Uh, Carlton Minus, you are uh, an Alaskan fighter, fought in the UFC, currently fighting. Are you fighting with LFA or, or Fury? Or? So I've been getting in. I've had a few bouts with Furies. I'm one and one at Fury. Um, I won in March over a guy named Dimitri Ivy, and then I fought in August on the 20th. Unfortunately, that was a loss uh, to Arian Young. Okay. How has the transition from Alaskan mixed martial arts uh, to Texas mixed martial arts been? Now, in Alaska, we don't have an athletic uh, commission. We don't have a boxing commission, so we kind of make up the rules as we go along. Being down here, have you found it to be everything to be more formalized, more uniform? Oh, definitely. So it's, it, what's crazy about this place is it's like kind of like a jiu-jitsu mecca, and you know, back home in Alaska, it's it's more, ironically speaking, it's like the Wild West. Uh, you know, it's, you got a bunch of guys. You can get a guy that's never fought a day in his life, but he wants to hop in the ring, or you get a guy that's been training all over, you know. Um, it, it's kind of like a mixed bag of nuts. You never really know what you're going to get till it's right in front of you and you're looking at it. Um, I will say the training is crazy because since I've been here, just because I go to uh, – uh, his planet that I get invited to other gyms a lot you know there are rivalries but there's so many gyms down here that you can kind of afford to to work with other gyms and maybe maybe you guys will fight down the line but some gyms kind of have like they uh, an unspoken alliance yeah you know so you don't really have to worry like I know our Amis don't really have to worry about fighting guys that we cross train with but uh, I know in Alaska it's kind of rough to get some cross-training unless there's, like, a seminar, like, you know, Cowboy Cerrone comes up or something. Yeah. Like, if it's a big name that comes up, everybody puts their differences aside, you know, and wants to work together. But I, I, I've seen it the other way where it's still, you've had cats come up to, um, like, uh, uh, Brian Barr and Cat Deeds uh, came up for a seminar at Legacy, and you didn't see a whole lot of people from a lot of other schools in the area going. But here, I think that because you have so much access to so much training, it's got to be a lot easier. You've got Satori Ishii down here. You've got you've got B Team. You've got so many really really good schools. Oh yeah, Brazilian Fight Factory. That's a good place. I I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think. The cats I've gotten to work with. Uh, I don't know why right now I'm drawing a blank, but it's going to hit me when I'm, like, on my way home. I'm like, oh, so-and-so. Well, because you were on your way out of the gym, and I said, hey, can I interview you? And that's, mm -hmm. prob that's probably why. You're probably not even hydrated. You're, like, tired from training, and now I bothered you to ask you. Oh, it's no problem. 
So, um, moving down here, what has been your favorite thing uh, aside from the training? Like, what is the what is the easiest thing for you to get used to? Whew. Well, the hardest thing is the heat. I'm still not used to that. Been here. This is my second year. I'm going in my third year uh, here, and I'm still not used to that. But the the easiest thing I'd have to say is keeping myself entertained. There's so much to do. Like I know in Anchorage, there wasn't a lot of. I mean, yeah, there's something going on every night, but usually like the bars weren't packed or or comedy venues weren't packed or anything like that. It was usually like a smaller crowd, and maybe on the weekends things would pick up, you know. Uh, down here, especially on date night, you know, take my lady somewhere, it's it's easy. So many restaurants, so many places you can actually go. Even even for free, there are places you can go for like beautiful walks. Uh, we went on a bat tour, the bat bridge tour, where you like right on the river and you go underneath and there's like they show you all these bats that fly from underneath i got to go with uh, my girl and her family when they came to visit it was pretty nice so did they come down from alaska yep yep uh my girl's parents one lives in kotzebue and okay. the other lives in anchorage okay i'm assuming the one in anchorage is a lot easier to get to because oh. kotzebue is in the middle of nowhere oh yeah but he still found his way down yeah yeah he found his way down. So sometimes you got to go see your kids i get yeah. it i get it <laughs> Um, what has been the hardest thing to adapt to down here, aside from the weather? Oh, yeah. Uh, aside from the heat, I mean, man, when I first came down here, I really thought my jiu-jitsu was like, you know, I'm not thinking I'm the best, you know. Uh, I realized my grappling kind of took me back to my white belt stage where it was like, okay, I just need to survive. I just need to survive. Because, like you said, you got B team and you got template, you got all these good jiu-jitsu gyms down here that it's like, man, I'm seeing moves that, and, and dealing with concepts that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Like, you know, you get the basics down, and you're running into white belts down here that are like, oh, yeah, we've been doing that. Like, this is this day one. So it, it was kind of a, a shock to me of like, wow, like, you know, even though I didn't think I was all that, I'm not as good as I thought I was. So yeah. that really brought the challenge forth to like, you know, and they're dealing with it in this heat all the time, you know, so yep. it's, it's crazy. It, it, it definitely shocked me. I got, I got caught in things like I, we came in for 10 round Tuesday and then we came in for uh, an open mat at lunch yesterday. And yeah, I got crushed by, by, well, first off, by everyone with stuff that I had never seen. And the stuff that I know that I have real, like I've, I've got this sucker locked down. Nope. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm sure some... Mm -hmm. Thirsty White Belt, shout out to Curtis Hembro, is uh, has learned some things to counter every awesome thing that I might have in my arsenal. I got crushed by a weird buggy choke that I had never, like, this is a half buggy choke. This is an old school whatever, whatever. I'm like, oh, well, thanks for, for killing me, kid. <laughs> yeah, I definitely found myself. I actually, I went with, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. It was so long ago. It was like one of the first, couple months I was down here I go with this cat and he I didn't know that he was a black belt see the thing is you know they tell you during 10 round like black belts are on this side white belts are on this side and so everyone kind of in the middle is it's going to be you know brown purple or blue and I'm thinking I'm on the blue belt side and I made a mistake because I was like getting tapped in like 10 seconds I was like maybe I'm on the black belt side so I walk over and you know 10 round they're not going to stay perfectly organized. Everybody's rolling around. You're going to be moving across the mat. Everybody's resetting in different areas. And I got caught in a baseball choke 
from bottom half guard. And I thought, like, oh, I'm taking his back, I'm going to get him. He slapped that sucker on so quick. And I woke up looking at the ceiling. I actually got to look at the security footage. And I saw it, and I was just like, oh, dead, looking at the ceiling. And I, I couldn't believe how quick it came on. But, I mean, yeah, when you, when you come down here and you expect, like, oh, it's, you know, jujitsu, I know jujitsu, and then you're down here and you're like, do I know jujitsu? Huh. I, I, might I, know the, I, did. I might know the ju. The je, I got the first syllable out. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know the rest of it. Yeah. yeah, these guys are speaking the language fluently. Since I've been here, I've seen dudes at, like, every mat that opens up. If I saw them at noon, I'd probably going to see them at the 7 o'clock class as well. They only work in, in between. Hmm. And this is, yeah, this is what they do. Hmm. This, is, uh, this is the place that they do it at as well. Um, as far as the, uh, the differences between like MMA, uh, and we kind of talked a little bit about like the, the difference between structures and rules. Uh, if you could say anything to someone, uh, to the folks in Alaskan MMA, uh, in that community right now, maybe they're fighting for solid as a rock or, or whomever, what would you tell them? I would say there, there seems to be a common misconception uh, in MMA that a lot of newer guys make, and that is like, oh, jujitsu in MMA, like, you know, you, you, playing off your back and stuff, like that's 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 so bad. You're you're losing, you're losing, and you know, there's an air of truth to it. Um, but there's also understanding the time and place when to do jujitsu, and what to combine it with to make it work, whether it's your wrestling, whether it's your striking. So I would say don't think that just because you're on top, you got a guy beat. They've, they've, there's always something, I've realized. And even in the MMA jiu-jitsu that I've done here, there are contingencies that people are working on constantly to make their martial art like jiu-jitsu effective, just like boxing evolved, just like Muay Thai evolved. Jiu-Jitsu is going to continue to evolve with all the other ones, you know, and uh, I think people tend to discount it, you know, unless they're on top. Like if they're on top, they're like, oh, yeah, I get Jiu-Jitsu, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot more than you think people can do off their back. Okay. Um, now, what would you say to uh, an Alaskan mixed martial artist who's thinking about traveling? Maybe they're stuck at their gym, maybe... I don't know, whatever their situation is, they're, they're in Kachikan. There's Kachikan, BJJ, they have fighters out of there. In fact, one of their guys, uh, Tyson... Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, Tyson Duckward and, uh, and, and my boy uh, Zarnesto. Um, yeah, they, you only get, uh, I don't know, you only get the 10 training partners that you get a lot of times, depending on where you're in. So even in Soldatna, you might have 15 people on the mat. Do you think it's important to travel? Um, you know, Traveling has its benefits, uh, definitely. I would recommend if you're in that position, go for it. Especially, you know, a lot of these young cats that are 18, 19, 20, 21. Like, you know, if you're a young man, you're working a job, save up some money. If this is really what you want to do, travel. And that, it doesn't have to be Austin. It could be Austin. It could be Vegas. It could be Florida. I mean, there's a lot of good Denver, New Mexico. I mean, there's plenty of states that you can go to and train and get quality training. And it's beautiful because, you know, when you get the opportunity to come back to Alaska, um, even if you're not living there, you know, or even if you do live there, now it's like I got some stuff. When I come back, 
I can show everybody there. That just improves Alaska's game overall because, you know, you teach the people in your gym, your, the people in your gym get fights, and then they get opportunities to use those moves in real fights. And then next thing you know, people are watching, like, what are those guys doing differently now? And then that forces the game to evolve because now everybody understands it. Now everybody's coming up with contingencies for it. It, it helps grow Alaska. It helps grow you personally. Um, I think it would help the community as well. Um, you know, a lot of fighters do leave Alaska and do train other places, so then it's rough when you get those high-level guys that go somewhere else, and then, you know, now you lose out on that great training partner. Um, if you can't leave Alaska, the advice I would give you is um, just go to, like, we have a 10th Planet Austin uh, uh, YouTube page. You can go <laughs> there, and they do breakdowns of moves all the time. I mean... Uh, one thing uh, my coach Giovanni Devera back home tells me about all the time is like you kids are spoiled nowadays because you used to have to buy DVDs and you used to have to you know find a way to a seminar or you used to have to like try to film things and then remember it and recreate it. But now everything's just free and it's, it's on online your phone. And, yeah. and it's on your phone. It's right in your hand. You can take a look. You know if you're chilling at home, just 15, 20 minutes just looking at it, and when you hit the mat next time, give it a shot. By the way, shout out to Giovanni. Giovanni's been on, been on the podcast. He is a treasure, and, and a treasure with great hair, by the way. We oh, need yeah. Fantastic hair. Doesn't seem to age, either. He's a vampire. Oh, yeah. That, that's definitely a factor. I've seen some old pictures, and I've just been like, oh, okay. This man's like Pharrell, you know? Yeah. Looked, he's looked the same this whole time I've known him. That, not a single wrinkle. Clearly moisturizes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It does it with all the stress we've been giving him, you know, garage crew, garage crew put him through some things. So, um, I don't know, is there anything that, that, that I haven't asked you that you'd like to be asked? If you've, ever, if, you, if you've ever had an interview and you haven't been asked a particular question that you wanted to be asked, what was the question you want me to ask you? Oh, that's tough, because, I mean, I don't know. I don't really think about <laughs> answers or anything I want to answer. Um, you know, just like, I wish people would ask me this, but um, I guess, well, no, I've been asked that a few times. No, I think about it, but I guess, I mean, if they've been listening to your podcast and your your listeners want to know um, how I started. Yes, um, let's go with that, because you're from Alaska, which is kind of an important thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was sitting on my couch uh, with my cousins, and we were watching The Ultimate Fighter. And the season we happened to watch was the season with Nick Heron-Webb that was on there. And he... When I saw, like, the little thing where it had his name and then from Alaska. From, from Alaska, I was like, wait, what? He's from here? Like, what? And this was at a time that I didn't even know there was a local Alaskan MMA scene. I'm completely ignorant. Um, I only watched MMA as a casual, so, you know, I had those casual opinions and all that, like, completely uneducated. And um, me and my cousin were like, uh, could we do that? And he's like, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that. And uh, I don't know if you know my cousin Patrick White. I might. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Primetime Patrick White. Uh, we were just sitting on the couch talking back and forth. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I spent two months every day. I ran outside. And I was like, I know you need cardio. Didn't know the type of cardio I needed, apparently. Because when I got into a gym the first time, that's when I ran into my coach, Giovanni DeVere, the first time. But it was before he was my coach. To me, I was just some random kid off the street. I was uh, like almost 200 pounds, about 205, and like 
it was not a good 205. I was not muscular in any capacity, but I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just hang in there. I'm going to not quit because that's, that's the most important thing, right? Uh, G turns to uh, Kendall Wyatt, Dakota Palmer, uh, and my boy Moo is like, get him out of here. Uh, oh, and my, po my boy Paulo Balon and was like, get him out of here. I don't want this kid in my pro class. You know, these are for the guys that already fight and know how to fight and, like, train hard. And I stayed. And I, I kind of won him over a little bit, but then, you know, ended up not seeing him for a while. I go to this other gym, uh, Elite MMA, uh, and when I get there, G's like, wait a second, don't I recognize you? And at that time, I had lost a bunch of weight. So I was walking around, like, anywhere from, like, 170, 160. And he was like, huh, all right, I guess we'll, we'll keep him around. He talked to my boy Maurice Mitchell, and he was like, do you want him around? He's like, well, we can use the bodies. And so I started training with them. I won him over, and then the rest was history from there. By the way, shout out to the Mitchell brothers, the most entertaining, most entertaining combat athletes in Alaska, no question. Their work with, uh, with YT Jones and 907 Wrestling, I think in five years we're going we're gonna to look back and say that's where it started. Like, mm -hmm. I think that those dudes, uh, those guys are pioneers, and, and they're active pioneers in combat sports in Alaska. So, yeah, shout out to the Mitchell brothers. Oh, yeah, shout out, big shout out. Um, so what are the things that have kind of changed for you in MMA um, since you started, some of the, the big changes that you've seen? Um, definitely coming down here, grappling. Uh, you know, I used to be like, I don't want to go to ground for any reason. I just want to stand with people, get these knockouts, and that's still there. Uh, but now it's not like do or die. It's like, okay, if you grapple me, that's fine. We can take it there if you want to. Um, and I, I've built so much confidence in my grappling now that my striking is able to open up more. Um, you know, I'm willing to throw kicks more. I'm willing to, to maybe overextend on some punches just to get close enough to get a grip. Um, it's, it's not really a problem for me to to really mix everything together. I think I'm better at mixing all of it together now. Who was your first uh, favorite fighter? So, I am uh, a Jose Aldo fanboy right out the gate. I, I remember the first fight I ever saw was him versus Uriah Faber in WEC. And, like, it's crazy because I had seen MMA promos and stuff like that, George St. Pierre, Nick Diaz, all that, Matt Sarah, all that stuff, and I was like, man, these guys are huge, like, you know, you know, and at the time when I was a kid, I was, I was pretty small, so I was just like, oh, man, I really wish I could do that, but that was the first time I saw guys my size at the time, I was like, oh, oh, you, you, I can fight too, I didn't, I didn't know I could, I could do that, but, you know, I didn't really jump on it, like I said, until I was with my, my uh, cousin at the time and, and we were just, you know, maybe we should give it a shot. But, man, that was, that was the first fight I saw and I was looking at Uriah Faber's leg and I was like, how is this man walking? That you know, part, that part. Did you see the photos the next day? When I thought it was broken. Yeah. I thought it was broken. I was like, oh, no, that's broken. It looked like he had frostbite. Yes. Oh, man. The fact I mean, that he was able to walk again is impressive. Yeah, the colors of that leg just... It's like a rainbow of yeah. misery. Perfect way to describe it. 
Also, it would be a sick name for a, for a band. Rainbow of Misery. Yes. Yeah. We're the Rainbow of Misery, and we're, we're going to be playing live on 6th Street tonight. We're a fantastic band. Um, so, uh, of the coaches and the, the, the training that you've had here, like, um, what do you think that you've picked up? Well, we've talked about grappling a little bit. Sorry, I'm running low. Um, shit. Curtis, you got anything? No? I wasn't listening. Good. Huh. Well, that's the important thing. That's okay. Curtis got us a place to live for the next couple of days. I honestly, Curtis, Coach Gabe, Coach Ben Eddy, uh, Coach Kamoy Anderson. Uh, a little bummed he's not here. I was looking forward to meeting uh, Coach Anderson. Oh, yeah. He was, man, I took his comp class. Whew, he does not play. He does not play. He's, it's intense. Um, his ankle picks. Like, he and, he and Sean Babbitt with those, those monster ankle picks. Like, if they touch your foot, you're, you're going to go on the ground. You're going to be on your back. And that'll be that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much Chell Sonnen rules. Like, I can't let you get close, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, for sure. Um, there's a lot of coaches I've learned from. Um, I can't say for sure, like, oh, this, this coach in particular, um, it, as far as jiu-jitsu goes, like, I, I bonded with him because I'm, I'm kind of like a, a leech. I, I want to get all I can from everyone. So, you know, you really see their perspectives on things. And I'd say as far as the jiu-jitsu uh, jiu goes, it's more, is the word cohesive that I'm looking for? Just yeah. like it, it blends really well. well. Um, as for striking, uh, I've gotten close with a few coaches, Jason, the boxing coach, uh, Jason Rivera, and then uh, Kyle Howard, he's, he's kickboxing, and don't get me wrong, both of them can do both really well, but like their concepts, I tend to migrate for, for each, like boxing concepts, I tend to migrate towards Jason, uh, kickboxing concepts, I'm, I migrate towards Kyle, I've gotten a lot of work, and, um, and then Andrew is like Muay Thai, like he's getting me using elbows and knees a lot more, so... Yeah, I'll say that more I gravitate for different things. Jiu-Jitsu, it's more like I'm just looking to ask them any questions of what they do. Like, what do you do in half guard? What do you do in half guard? What do you do? It's, it's more covering the list and seeing all the options and what they prefer. So I, I'm more versed on, okay, I know I know because I saw this coach do that or I saw that coach do that, you know. I didn't know that Jason, uh, Coach Jason, was, was a primarily a boxing coach. I know he came from uh, Vanderlei's gym, mm -hmm. and so I, 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 don't know, I, I don't know why I thought kickboxing would be where he is the bread and brother. Um, oh, well, I'm sure he could fuck me up either way. Well, I mean, his, so I know he teaches the boxing classes a lot, and I mean, he's a fantastic kickboxer. I've kickboxed with him before, but it's interesting because most of our rounds end up being boxing rounds, and we'll just box each other. So it's like you'll see everybody doing kickboxing around us, and we'll just settle for just, you know, leaving it to the hands. And it's really nice because he's got quick jabs, flicker jabs, good angles, uh, good punch selection, really good at misdirecting. I mean, he's, he'll do the Philly shell. He'll do brawler stances. He'll do uh, outboxing. I mean, maybe it's just I'm – Super impressed by how in depth his boxing is, but uh, yeah, I, I, I when when I go with him, I just love to see his hands at work. 
I got to watch uh, him and Coach Kyle uh, spar with some of the fighters yesterday, and it was just amazing to watch them. Like it was the combos that they were throwing. It was very like there's a lot of there was a lot of imagination that went into it. If that makes sense. So um, I know you got stuff to do. Uh, Curtis, uh, uh, Carl, shit, I'm sorry. Oh, that's all good. Um, Carl, thank you so much for your time, man. I, knew, I know you got stuff to do. Um, I appreciate you for sitting down and, and answering my, my poorly thought-out questions. Oh, that's fine. I'm, hey, like you said, you're tired. You, your mind's going a million miles a second, you know. I know you've been training down here, so I know there's a mental fatigue when you're all done with it. Because, I mean, I know I'd be worried oh, yeah. sometimes, especially on 10 rounds, so. Yeah, I've never wanted to puke after the second round in my life. However, 10 Round Tuesday is one of those things. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this and you've never participated in a 10th Planet 10 Round Tuesday, you probably should because otherwise you don't have friends. And you need to make friends because otherwise life is lonely. Go make friends and participate in a 10 Round Tuesday. All right. uh, Carl Myers, thank you so much for your time. Do you have anything you want to say to anyone in Alaska or around the world? Uh, um. Shout out to all my family in Alaska. Shout out to all my friends. Shout out to Coach Giovanni Devera. Uh, shout out to my boy uh, Mike Fannin, Mike the Cannon Fannin. Uh, shout out to the Mitchell Bros. I mean, shout out to everyone in Garage Crew. All right. Oh, shout out Legacy too. Yeah, big shout out to Legacy. Shout out to uh, to Coach Jordan, uh, Coach Nico Novelli, and uh, and Jesse Holt. Shout out to all of you. Um, so thank you so much for your time and, and your energy. And Carlton, I, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you too. All right, thank you.